Hey, Cracked fans. If you're a listener of this podcast, I imagine you feel fairly similar to how I do about the latest clothing options made available across the tennis market. Now, while I won't call out any brand in particular, I will say this. Given the exorbitant nature of the latest designs, feels like you better be pretty freaking good at tennis if you want to wear that sort of clothing on the court. Now, thankfully, we here at Crack Rackets are now able to provide a far more suitable, far more comfortable, and I'm going to be honest, far more stylish option for all of our Crack Rackets fans, courtesy of our friends over at Lucky Racket. Lucky Racket uses some of the best fitting and feeling tees in the world. Their shirts are combed, ring-spun, heirloom cotton, and tri-blend Bella and Canvas. I don't even know what that means, but that sounds spectacular. So, how can you get yourself some Lucky Racket gear? It's simple. Just go to their website, luckyracket.com, that's L-U-C-K-Y-R-A-C-K-E-T.com, and use our promo code CRACK15. If you do, you'll get 15% off all of your purchases. That means 15% off the shirts, 15% off all of the incredible swag offered by our friends. Again, that's luckyracket.com. The promo code is CRACK15. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Sunday, October 10th. I do apologize for the delay in the release of today's episode. Unfortunately, there are just so many hours during the course of the week, and as such, there were some errands I had to accomplish here on Sunday morning. Nevertheless, we have promised you recaps of each and every day throughout the 2021 Indian Wells. We plan on keeping that promise here on today's show. What I want to do is discuss a jam-packed, action-filled Saturday at Indian Wells, a day that saw multiple seeds upset. Of course, on the women's side, Victoria Golubic, another stunning three-set victory for her in the first round. It was over Olympic silver medalist Marketa Van Drusova on Saturday. She knocks off sixth seed Maria Sakari in three sets. You also had a win from Wimbledon quarterfinalist Alia Tomjanovic. Tomjanovic knocking off your 2021 Chicago 500 champion Garbine Muguruza in three sets. Amanda Anissa Mova, another dominant victory, this time over 30 seed and Montreal champion Camilla Georgie, of course, saw plenty of top seeds get pushed throughout the day as well. I want to recap all of those matches. On the men's side, a couple of next-gen Americans finding their way here in Indian Wells. Francis Tiafo, Tommy Paul, two commanding upset victories over Sebastian Korda, Dusan Lajevic, respectfully. I want to talk about those matches. I want to talk about Max Cressy getting to match point, but ultimately falling a bit short against Diego Schwartzman. want to run you through all those other seeds who made their Indian Wells debuts on Saturday, run you through the entire slate of day three matches. Of course, given the hour this podcast is getting released at, I feel no need to preview day four. You'll have likely seen a lot of those matches by now. Although I will 
point out if you are looking for preview content, two avenues for you. A, GSP Ace of the Day segment each and every day on the Great Shot podcast feed. I'm offering picks, predictions, my lookout on the day's matches, of course, looking to find some value as well, put money in all of our pockets, take advantage of the fact that we are the most well-informed, most engaged tennis fans in the business. Again, you can find those podcasts each and every day wherever you listen to the Great Shot podcast. You can also find it on our website, crackrackets.com. Of course, for our Patreon family, they get Match of the Day segments, a segment each and every day where I look at the match I am watching most closely on any given day in the tennis world. I break down the stats, the numbers, the key tactics. I offer a prediction for my favorite match of the day on Sunday. That matchup is Victoria Azarenka taking on number seven seed Petra Kvitova. That one promises to be a delightful affair, but of course, if you're interested in joining our Patreon uh, family, if you're interested in supporting our work at Crack Rackets through Patreon, or if you're just looking for additional Indian Wells coverage, you can find information for our Patreon on our website, CrackRackets.com. Of course, last but certainly not least, before we get into today's show, I want to thank all of you listeners, our Crack Rackets Patreon family, and of course, our friends over at Tennis Point who make all of these mini break episodes possible if you have any 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 equipment needs to ensure your optimum performance on court go to our friends tennis-point.com you use that promo code cr15 you'll get 15% off your order free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75 best of all a free can of Wilson extra duty tennis balls again it's tennis-point the symbol not the spelling tennis-point.com the promo code is cr15 with that said let's get into day three at indian wells of course feels like a theme is emerging right the nastier the better almost on court we've seen some grimy tennis and of course part of that is a byproduct of the conditions at indian wells i call it the second slowest hard court in all of tennis nur sultan takes the cake i know that's a hipster take but go watch the nur sultan challenger the atp the wta there over the past few weeks that is the slowest court in tennis Indian Wells is 1B, though, and you can just tell how difficult it is for 99% of these players competing in the draw this week to hit any sort of winner, to get any sort of traction. We've heard all of them talk about it, whether it was Medvedev, Rublev after his first match. Rublev hits 32 winners in his first match, a 6-3, 6-4 win yesterday over Carlos Taberner, and he goes, yeah, it's really hard to hit through these courts. He's like, I felt like I had to really stress, you know, 32 winners, he was like, that felt impossible he's like I don't believe that number there's no way I did that and again that speaks to the conditions it speaks to the importance of landing first serves it speaks to the importance of being comfortable solid at the net because so frequently opponents are getting second looks at passing shots regardless of who they are regardless of how well you hit your approach shot how well you hit your first volley and so it's led to some extraordinary tennis again I I tweeted this out but Feels like this is Indian Wells is as close as you can get to learning what tennis would look like if it was played in a ground stroke game format because so many of these serves are neutralized except for the outliers, the guys like the Opelkas, the guys like a Max Cressy, or you know on the women's side, people like Petra Kvitova, people like you look on the day uh, Coco Goff obviously served extraordinarily well. Carolina Pliskova served so well in her five and two win over Magdalena Freak, particularly as that match went on. It's the outliers, I suppose pose on serve who are particularly benefiting from these conditions but 
Otherwise, it's extraordinarily physical tennis. And of course, that leads me to the first match I want to break down. Victoria Gulovic threw two matches over uh, against Van Drusva and Sakari. She spent a grand total of four hours, 25 minutes on court so far. She's played six total sets. Again, that's as impressive of a two-match stretch of victories as you're going to find in a round of 128, round six of 64 in any sort of event. Golubic, another three-set victory for her on Saturday, 5-7-6-3-6-2 over Maria Sakari. You look at the soon-to-be 29-year-old, another one of October's very own. She's been exceptional here this season. Career highs for her in hold percentage in WTA Tour-level matches. She's holding 64.9% of the time. She's breaking serve 39.8% of the time. That's below her career uh, Excuse me, that's 0.3% above her, percent above her career average, but she's played more WTA matches this season than in any prior season in her career. She's playing the best tennis of her career. The results bear that out. You look for Victoria Golubic over the last 52 weeks, 47-19 and 19 overall. And, of course, that includes a wave of ITF-level success. But you want to go just to her level, fine. She's 27-16 and 16 overall, winning 23% of her matches. She made the final in Monterey on the hard court. She, you know, won the, the title in Lyon—excuse uh, uh, me. She made another final in Lyon on the indoor hard courts against Clara Toss. And you then want to make— in the non-hardcourt results, of course, she's had success uh, across surfaces, making uh, the quarterfinals of Eastbourne, making the quarterfinals of Wimbledon. You throw in some high-level ITF results, you know, 125K in St. Malo, she ends up winning that result on the clay. She's been exceptional across the board, and if you even want to break it down by ranking for Victoria Golubic against opponents ranked outside the top 50 this season, again, she's 47-19 and 19 overall. She's 39 and 12 against opponents ranked outside the top 50. If you're 39 and 12 up against opponents ranked outside the top 50, you're probably doing something right. You look for her against top 100 opponents this year, 16 and 13 overall against the top 50. She's now 8 and 7 on the season. It's a player who deserves to have solidified her spot in the top 50 entering 2020. And you look for Golubic with this result here. She's up to a new career high in the live rankings, of course, number 44. You look for Golubic in terms of points accumulated on the season. And this does a better job of weighing the metric of the ITF success she's had. She's still 44th in the points race. Of course, you want to go to the more advanced metrics for Victoria Golubic. ELO ratings here this season have her up to 64th in overall ELO, 53rd in 2021 specific results. She has been a top 50 player here this year, and what makes Golubic so special on these courts is just her shot-making prowess. Again, she's someone plenty comfortable at the net, and you have to be comfortable at the net because if you're not comfortable hitting one or, more importantly, two volleys to put the shot away, you're just not winning points here at this Indian Wells. And, of course, for Victoria Golubic, the only one-handed backhand in the top 100 of the WTA singles rankings that these courts do bounce high but play a little bit more slowly gives her time to swing through that shot, to mix up her locations. Heavy top spin, elevated ball cross-court versus taking that ball early and smacking it, slapping it down the line. Of course, she moves her forehand so well around the court as well. Comfortable moving forward. Now, it's not an overwhelming serve, but she does a great job of setting up her spots with that serve. And 
Again, puts a bunch of returns in play as well. You look for Victoria Golubic here uh, on the season, how her numbers would translate uh, amongst top 50 players. You look for Golubic here again, uh, 2021, at least her tour level results will go with those numbers and not the ITF numbers, holding 64.9% of the time. Amongst top 50 players, that's 69.4% would be a pretty solid number. It would rank right above Pavlichenkova, right below Annette Conteve. That number would be good. I believe for 26th amongst top 50 players, you look at her return percentage. Wait a second. I think I can find Victoria Golubic on this list as she is in the top 50. Indeed, I can. Here is Victoria Golubic a little bit lower than that. They've factored in some of the ITF results, although some of those numbers are a bit bougie, but she's currently 30th amongst top 50 players. In hold percentage, you look for Victoria Golubic. Break percentage is 11th amongst top 50 players. And of course, with the slow, high-bouncing courts, it gives her that much more time to swing through her returns, take control of the points early in rallies. Again, for Victoria Golubic yesterday in her three-set win, 5-7-6-3-6-2 over Maria Sakari, it was winning over the long haul. It was just, you know, consistently for Golubic pressuring Maria Sakari in seemingly every service game. And you look for Golubic, she creates 14 breakpoint chances for herself during the match, converts on seven of them. She wins, you know, again, this was a pick sort of match. 99 for Golubic, 95 total points for Sakari. And even though 6-3-6-2 sounds a little lopsided in those final two sets, it wasn't. There were countless deuces and countless games, and it did feel like Sakari had control through the first set and a half of this match, but Golubic continued to pressure her. And in the first set, Sakari was able to come out with the goods in the outer thirds of the court because while Golubic does a great job taking the ball early, taking time away from you, hitting her spots precisely, it's not the most overwhelming power. And in the first set of the match, Sakari had the legs under her to track those balls down in the outer thirds to, you know, be in a good enough position to do damage with those balls as well and just whether it was the two passing shot combinations whether it was just again the plus one forehands and even throughout the course of the match for Sakari she wins 58% of her first serve points 55% of her second serve points she didn't serve particularly poorly it just felt like in the biggest moments it was always Golubic being the one moving forward dictating getting to the net or you know when Sakari would try to flip the script she would just force it and on these Indian Wells courts you can't force it because your opponent is again going to get a clean look at a second passing shot and if you give Victoria Golubic time she's going to be all over you Golubic again fantastic uh, in a straight set, vic- uh, in a three set victory, five seven six three six two. Excuse me, over Maria Sakari to advance to the round of thirty two here in Indian Wells. And again, for Victoria Golovic, she's going to start the season inside the top 50. She's going to get to set her schedule. She's going to get to play whatever tournament she wants to play. No more ITF grind. All WTA level likely for Golovic, who's done a really good job of banking points across the board. As I mentioned, the Monterey final, the Lyon. She's got two early finals, I suppose, in the season, but Wimbledon quarterfinal points banked as well. Now she's got round of 32 points at least here at Indian Wells. And by the way, you look for Golovic having Having knocked off on Drusova and Sakari, the draw really opens up for her now. You look for Victoria Golubic here, uh, I believe, moving forward I be- in her next match. I want to say she's got, yeah, qualifier Anna Kalinskaya, uh, Kalinskaya knocking out Cerebez Tormo yesterday. Golubic's a favorite in that match, according to Tennis Abstract, according to DraftKings. Now, four and a half, 
hours on court. That's a lot of tennis, but she's had days off in between both of those matches. She's played a ton of tennis this year. She's fit as a fiddle. Victoria Gulovic, one of your biggest winners, unequivocally, from Saturday's play. But, of course, that was not the only upset of the day. And, by the way, for Maria Sakkari, we said it going into the tournament. Just worth reminding everyone. She's still pretty sitting very comfortably in terms of qualifying for the year-end uh, finals. You look for her, assuming no Barty, assuming no Osaka. Sakkari currently ranks fifth amongst top – or uh, in the points race, excuse me. You look for her, the gap between her and the hypothetical eighth place right now, Anastasia Pavlachenkova. Sakkari's got still over 600-point lead on Pavlachenkova. I believe overall it would be, what, 700 – yeah, 708-point lead uh, on Anastasia Pavlachenkova. Even – you know, Pavlachenkova wins Indian Wells. Sakkari still trails her by fewer than 250 points, and so – you know, again, Sakari is sitting pretty. She will likely make the year-end finals. This is a disappointing result, no doubt, but she'll have a chance to redeem herself if she wants to. Again, this match had more to do with what Victoria Golovic was willing to suffer through, what she was able to create in the biggest stages, than it does with anything Maria Sakari did wrong. Golubic, three-set winner. She advances to the round of 32, of course, joining her via upset is Alia Tamjanovic. Tamjanovic, a fellow quarterfinalist at this year's Wimbledon, earns arguably the biggest win of her career, fourth in the top, against a top 10 opponent. She's now 4-19 in her career against top 10 opponents, the 28-year-old uh, earning a three-set 6-3-1-6-6-3 victory over Garbine Muguruza in just under two hours of play. You look uh, for uh, Alia Tamjanovic in the match, again, faced a bunch of different break points. Nine of them on the day, only won 54% of her first serve points, 48% of her second serve points. Felt like almost every service game she played down the home stretch of the match was going at least to deuce, and yet she was able to come up with the goods. And I will say, on the flip side, while the golubic Sakari match was about what Golubic did right— a lot of this Muguruza Tamjanovic match was just Muguruza was unable to find her rhythm throughout the course of the match. And in the second set, you could tell Muguruza was pissed off about the first set result. And she started swinging freely and playing loosely and just hitting both wings with confidence uh, from the baseline. She got tentative in the third set. She just There was this one swinging backhand volley she hit when she got broken and was trying to work her way back in the third set. And I think it was the love fifth, it was the you know first point of the Tamjanovic service game. And you know Muguruza hits this off-balance middle third backhand swinging volley that she didn't need to hit to win the point but was trying to be decisive, trying to send a message, and she missed it horribly. And she got furious with herself, and she swung a racket, and again, you could just see how frustrated she was growing. You look for Muguruza, she's sitting pretty comfortably, much like Maria Sakkari. Uh, she should qualify for the year-end finals, but again, you know, comfortable lead for her over Jabour, over Pavlochenkova, Mertens, Svitolina, all the people competing for the spot. Uh, but look... This is a disappointing result, and it just has felt like always for Muguruza this season. It's two steps forward, three steps back. Match points on Osaka, finals of Doha, champion in Dubai, round of 16 Miami. 
And just unfortunately, then she gets injured and just not able to play a healthy stretch through the clay courts, through Wimbledon, you know, seems to catch a break against Krejcikova at the U.S. Open only to drop that second set and ultimately drop the match. Only has to win three matches to win Chicago, gets the victory over Jabour in the final, comes into this tournament with confidence, loses in three sets to Alia Tamjanovic. And again, Tons of credit to Tamjanovic, who's in the midst of a career season. You look for her 67% hold percentage this year. That's a career high. 33.9 break percentage is a bit below her career average, but that number peaks up since her run at Wimbledon, and you just look for her overall on the season. 26-20 and in her last 52 weeks now. You look just the run she's been able to have. You know, minimizing the first match losses is so critical, right? We talk about that all of the time, and you look for her here just, again, a a result uh, in terms of just the first matches uh, that she's played. She's had a ton of success, regardless of just, you know, um, the tournament, regardless of the level, regardless of whom she is playing. You look for her uh, here this season in terms of first-round losses. There's only one for Alia Tamjanovic. Uh, excuse me, there's two. She lost to Fiona Farrow, three sets in Montreal. She lost to Vondrusova, straight sets in Chicago. Excuse me, there is a third. She lost Adelaide Storm Sanders immediately after uh, that Australian Open stretch. But that's it for Alia Tamjanovic. She's minimized those first-round losses, just winning matches now everywhere, and you look for her in terms of the opponents that she's played against opponents ranked outside the top 50 this season. She's 21-8 and against opponents ranked inside the top 50, 5-12. and When you see that disparity, what does that say? Alia Tamjanovic, the physicality she plays with, if you don't have a big weapon to beat her or your weapons are off on this day, she's going to just stick around. She's going to compete her tail off, and that's what she did in this match. Just put a ton of pressure on Muguruza, was able, especially with this court speed, to absorb Muguruza's first shot and just continue to force her to play the extra ball, continue to drive her backhand deep and move locations with that shot as well. Took the opportunities to be aggressive when they were obvious and presented themselves, but otherwise, respectfully, let Muguruza implode. And guess what? That's a skill in itself, recognizing when your opponent is struggling and just being able to make the most of that fact, that's exactly what Tomjanovic did. She didn't overplay. She didn't start swinging out. She did start playing more aggressively at the end of the second set to set up her start to the third set where she came out swinging and just put so much pressure on Muguruza. But look again, fourth top 10 win of her career. You look for her here this season, best win of the season by far. Uh, You know, her only other top 20 win came against Elisa Mertens in Birmingham, I guess she beats Ostapenko at Wimbledon, but technically that wasn't a top 20 win. And yet you look for Alia Tamjanovic now with this result back up to number 45 in the live rankings. You look for her in terms of points accumulated 42nd on the year. And again, much like Golovic, 28 years old, you get to set your schedule in 2022. It's really all you can ask for as a veteran is being able to say, all right, I'm going to go play all the the thousand level events, all of the majors. I can do what I want because I put myself in that position. That's what Alia Tamjanovic has done with her season this year. Again, you got to give her a ton of credit. Disappointing, certainly, uh, for Garbine Muguruza, but ultimately credit goes to Tamjanovic, who advances in three sets. Of course, your other women's upset on the day, Amanda Nisimova, who She's just been, you know, this girl is on fire uh, right now. If you look at her Indian Wells results, one in one over fellow young American and wild card into this event, Katrina Scott. She then knocks off the Montreal champ four and one. And I'm just saying, 
Anisimova has played a lot better here down the home stretch of 2021. Now 18 and 16 here on the season doesn't sound particularly impressive, but you just look at the results. And I'd really go all the way back to probably probably Rome in May, where you know she gets a win before losing in three sets to Svitolina. She then goes to Parma, lose, you know, beats Madova, beats Paolini before getting knocked out by Coco Goff in the quarterfinals. You know, first round loss to at Roland Garros doesn't sound great, but it was to the seed Veronica Kudermatova, six and one. I don't think that's a bad loss by any stretch of the imagination. Three set loss to Kerber in Bad Hamburg. I don't think there's any shame in that. Certainly, she'd probably like the matches versus Lynette and Tomjanovic in Wimbledon and San Jose back, but qualifies in Montreal before getting knocked out by Pliskova in the round of 16. You know, loses second round again, 7 5 6 7 7 6 to Pliskova at the U.S. Open. A loss to Svitolina last week in Chicago, but she beat Golubic the round before. Slowly but surely, Amanda Nisimova working her way back into form. And of course, it's worth remembering Anisimova just turned 20 years old here this year. Currently ranked number 81, but you just watch the weapons. And on these Indy One Wells courts, she's got all of the time in the world to get to that, you know, because she's not the most fleet of foot, let's be honest. She's not the most fluid mover in, in the women's game. And yet, these Indian Wells courts give her that extra half second, and with her length, all she needs is an extra half second to strike the ball cleanly. She's got the sort of FU power, the sort of weapons to hit through any surface, any conditions, regardless of how slow they may be. Anisimova's looked excellent, and that's a really nice win over Camilla Giorgi to advance, and now you know it's a popcorn sort of match for Amanda Anisimova moving forward as she's got Barbara Krachikova, the number three seed in the round of uh, 32, Krachikova, and this is how we can get into our other women's results. Did not expect her to go three sets in her first round match, but it is worth remembering, I believe, excuse me, this is the first main draw for Barbara Krachikova at Indian Wells in her career in singles, and so you know, again, that's a fascinating matchup there. But for Krachikova, she manages to get through Serena Diaz in three sets, 6-1 in the third as well. That's a strong finish. You look at, you know, the other seeds who advance on the day. Bianca Andreescu, a little bit of drama for the defending champ. But, of course, this surface suits her game so well. Now, she was up big, had match points in the second set to close out a straight set victory over Ali Risk. I think they were match points up 7-6-5-4. But Risk able to flip the script Take a 7-5 second set. Now, the good news if you're a BB fan, 6-2 in the third for BB. She seemed fine physically. You know, no cramps, no issues late in that tournament. She just seems she seems fit. She seems hungry for this title. And, of course, again, defending title points. Every match Bianca Andreescu plays is inherently intriguing. Uh, certainly good for her to get tested, but ultimately advance. In her first round, you talk about someone else tested. Angelique Kerber, three-set victory for her, 7-5 in the third against the always dangerous Katerina Sinyakova for Coco Goff, 6-3, 6-7, 6-1 win over Caroline Garcia. That one felt similar to the Andrescu result, where it just felt like Goff was always in control, but Garcia managed to sneak out that second set. Of course, your other three-set winners that were seeds on the day, uh, Barbara Krachikova, uh, excuse me, I mentioned Krachikova, Tamara Zidanzik, up big, up a set and a break on Ana Konya. I believe she was up 4-3, a break in that second set. But Konya able to flip the script, take a 7-5 second set. And, of course, Konya 
weapons to hit through any court. She was slugging away, and yet slow hard court for the clay court specialist Zdancic. You love the surface for her. She grinds out a 6-3 win in the third. You also had Onjabur 6-2-6-7-6-3 win over Sevastova. I forgot an upset, by the way, Anna Kalinskaya, who played the best match I've ever seen her play to knock off Cerebez Tormo 6-3-4-6-6-2. I believe she was up 6-3-3-love on Cerebez Tormo before Cerebez Tormo was able to come back there in that third, uh, in that second set. Almost looked like she was going to do it again in the third set as well. That was like a three-hour, three-set affair, but I've never seen Kalinskaya look so solid. And for Kalinskaya, I believe she's 19-11 and 11 on hard courts this year now, 6-8 and eight on all non-hardcourt uh, non matches. 22, 23 years old is Kalinskaya. She's got the weapons, but today she showed off the discipline. She knew Cerebes Tormo couldn't hurt her, and it was just being willing to suffer the long rallies. That's what Kalinskaya was willing to do. She was super impressive in knocking off Cerebes Tormo. Upset victory for her on the day. Now, the only matches I haven't mentioned were the straight set ones. A couple of straightforward, uh, you know, Fournette Conteve. She continues her exceptional form 3-2 and two over Trevisan Pliskova. Straight sets over Freich. Danielle Collins got a walkover after taking a 6-1 first set over Lauren Davis. She remains my dark horse pick to win this freaking event. Kasakina down 3-4 and 4, so when Asher Sharma needs uh, to retire, uh, but Kasakina advance, and then Beatrice Haddad Maya working her way back towards the top 100. Has a million wins this season, most of them at the ITF level, but 3-0, that's a nice victory for her, taking advantage of that lucky loser over Meyer Sharif uh, to advance to the round of 32. Those were your women's singles results on the day. Now, it was a very straightforward day for the men, so I'm not going to spend quite as much time recapping their action, but only two upsets on the day, both of them via American men. Now, one of them was an American on an American crime, but it's worth noting Francis Tiafo is just a f- primetime performer. I don't know what else to tell you, folks. He, You just knew this stage, and I mentioned it in my Ace of the Day preview, but against a fellow American, a younger American than him, in, on a stage like Indian Wells, full crowd, you just you knew it was going to bring out Tiafo's best. And again, a slow hard court for him when it's that much more difficult for opponents to attack his one weakness, uh, you know, glaring weakness, which is his forehand, make it that much more difficult for them to attack it with pace. Tiafo's going to make moves and just, you know, again, did I expect him to win a six love first set over Sebastian Corda? No, not in my wildest dreams that I imagine that would be a six love set, but it was. And then from there, look, Corda came out swinging in the second set. It was a different Sebi. He had opportunities to go up early and sort of solidified an early break lead on Tiafo in that second set. Tiafo didn't let it happen. And you look for him throughout the course of the match. He continues to show his first serve can be elite. You know, win 70% of those points, two of three on in terms of saving break points on the match. Uh, again, did go down an early break there in set number two, but you just look for Francis Tiafo on this surface. Again, his athleticism shines through. Talk about, you know, again, the nastier, the better. The more physical the match becomes, the better the Francis Tiafo when you feel the need to force the angles and incorporate the slices and just do things you are not comfortable doing. 
Francis Tiafo is always comfortable doing them. Francis Tiafo is comfortable doing just about anything on a tennis court. And again, it's a really impressive victory for him over the 32 seed Sebastian Corda. Now, it is worth noting, of course, first time in the Indian Wells main draw for Sebastian Corda. And it's not worth freaking out over this result. I think it had more to do with the strength of Tiafo than anything. You know, I guess Corda did not play his best tennis and was a bit difficult for him to find ways to hit through the court other than just trying to blast ground strokes blast first serves but you know we've talked about him a lot this season Francis Tiafo is on that short list and I talked about it with Gil Gross probably like eighth ninth range that second tier of players who have solidified themselves as top 50 guys Francis Tiafo belongs in that conversation. He's now, I believe, 27 and 20 here in 2021 in tour level matches, holding serve 82.3% of the time. That's a new career high. Breaking serve 21.2% of the time. That's a new career high. Francis is playing the best tennis of his career. And it's very clear whenever you watch him play, there's a confidence to him as well. And just listen to these results here uh, this summer. Qualifies in Canada, makes the round of 16. Round of 32 in Cincy, three set loss to Schwartzman. Quarterfinals, Winston-Salem the next week, beats Murray, beats Montiero, three-set loss to Mikhail Emer. He then goes U.S. Open round of 16, four-set loss to FAA, but he beats Andre Rublev the round before, now wins over pair and quarter here at Indian Wells. This is what it looks like when a player makes that final jump where it's just like, okay, I'm here to stay now. You can tell the confidence, the talent, it's all starting to reach that perfect crescendo for Francis Tiafo. Nice win for him over Sebastian Corda. Another nice win in what has felt like a tournament filled with must wins for Tommy Paul, given the opportunity and just given where Paul wants to be. Because look, Francis, Riley, Taylor, those are the guys he grew up with. Those are his group of peers. And regardless of having Corda, Nakashima, and Brooksby on his tail, he doesn't want to be, you know, dwindling at the 250 level while they're playing Masters. And he doesn't want to have to be worried about playing qualifying while they're getting into main draws and now trying to compete to be seated at these main draws. And so for Tommy to be gifted Feliciano Lopez in round number one, to have the seed you draw be number 28 seed Dusan Lajevic, who you look in the 2021 season for the Deuce, who entered the tournament ranked number 35, but you look for him here in 2021, 15 and 24 overall on this season. You look for the deuce in terms of the points race. He's all the way, I believe, down, excuse me, at number 56. This was a winnable match for Tommy, and he won the match in straight sets. He used his athleticism to track down that first strike of the deuce and just got him stretched into the outer thirds of the court, used his quickness to take that ball early on the rise, wasn't afraid to move forward, wasn't afraid of anything the deuce was thrown at him. And you look for Tommy throughout the course of the match in his two and three victory, made 66% of his first serves, won 78% of his first serve points, 85% it says of his second serve points. That can't be right, can it? It can't be right. You're right. I'm looking at the wrong number. He won 83% of his first serve points, 70.6% of his second serve points didn't face a break point all match long in his victory you look for Tommy on the season again a sneaky effective 22 and 19 over on the year he has been good down the home stretch really since that semifinal in Parma you know loses to Medvedev second round in Roland Garros but you know since then 
Round of 32 in Canada after qualifying. Round of 32 in Cincinnati after qualifying. Dis- disappointing losses, certainly, to Carbeas Bania at the U.S. Open, but has bounced back. Fun three-set match, even though he lost in, in San Diego against Corda. Now wins. He should be winning against Lopez and Lajevic to make uh, the round of 32 here at Indian Wells. Well, now he's going to match up with Andre Rublev. going to be fascinating to see that dynamic Tommy Paul. Going to use that pace for Rublev. Certainly, he's got the speed, the athleticism to handle the pace of Andre Rublev, but that match, fascinating dynamics. Still, really nice win for Tommy Paul, who you look now overall in terms of by making uh, the round of 32 here at Indian Wells. You look for him in the live rankings. Tommy going to make a jump. He's back up to number 57 overall. One more win would have him up to number 54, but perhaps more impressively for Tommy. Again, 67th right now in the points race, has solidified himself in the top 75. Interesting to note, he's still technically in the race for the year-end finals. If he were to win Indian Wells, he would jump up to, I believe it's 1,667 points uh, for Tommy Paul. Oh, excuse me, 1,605 at that point. By getting to 1,605, he would reach 17th on the list. He then probably has to win Paris as well, but Still still alive. He's staying alive, is Tommy Paul. Uh, so I suppose he'll take that. There's some solace for him. But again, fascinating matchup for Rublev. That felt like a must win, and he ends up getting the job done over the deuce, Dusan Lajevic. But again, those are your only two seeds to be knocked out in the first half of our round of 64. Speaking of Rublev, 3-4 and four win over to Burner. If you can't hit a ball by Rublev, if you can't pressure him with pace of your own, I don't know how you're going to beat him because if he can track everything down, eventually a forehand is going to hit through you. It's just going to be a matter of patience and fitness for Andre Rublev. But I do like this surface for him. Lloyd Harris, one of the exceptions. His serve is going to work anywhere. He gets a 3-3 three and three win over Davidovich Fokina. I'm going out of order here. I apologize. Top seed, Daniil Medvedev. You know, Mackie played really well, particularly in that first set. But with Medvedev's serve and then just the physicality he can bring, I don't know how anyone gets a ball by him here at Indian Wells. 4-2 and two win for Mac, uh, him over Mackie. Now 6-0 over Mackie in his career. By the way, watch for Medvedev to incorporate the serve and volley this week. I'm just telling you, he did it in at times against McDonald. I think against other opponents who aren't as aggressive with their return, he's going to do it that much more so. But Daniil Medvedev, 6-4, 6-2 victory over Mackenzie McDonald. You look, again, the other seeds to advance in straight sets. I mentioned Lloyd Harris already. Karatsev got a win in straights. Dimitrov, a win in straights. Rude, Bautista, Agut, Hercats, all straight set winners as well. Shapovalov got a walkover going up three love on Vashik Pospisil before it was clear. Pospisil tweaked his back, and we hope he's all right moving forward. Fun day for the college guys. Cam Norrie, six love in the third, but a really physical three-set match he ultimately takes over Tennis Sandgren. You also had Max Cressy come awfully close to the upset on Diego Schwartzman. Was serving for it up 40-15 on Schwartzman, 5-4 in the third, where Schwartzman just found a second wind. He was able to get over the finish line, lands a couple of returns. Cressy misses a first volley. You know, again, once Schwartzman got that break, you could just tell that from a confidence standpoint, you know, Cressy felt like he had his moment and it had passed him. And, you know, from there, Schwartzman just kind of pounced on him, kept that ball so low and, you know, was essentially, they played this match on court three. I think Schwartzman was returning from court seven and, 
you know, again, this was really fun. I'm I'm all for make someone over six six play someone under five ten or under five eleven in the first round of every tournament. It's just a fun dynamic, and you look for Max Cressy. It's a really good summer for Cressy, and you know from a statistics standpoint, twenty five and thirty one in his last fifty two, twenty three and twenty six here this year. That doesn't sound great, but qualifies gets a win at Indian Wells qualifies gets a win at the u.s open that win happened to be against pablo carreno busta he also you know qualifies and makes quarterfinals in newport final round qualifying for him at wimbledon before he lost in five to mackie mcdonald and you look for him earlier this year in australia he qualifies there he beats taro daniel before getting knocked out by alex virev Cressy jumps here this season. There's a reason he entered the week at a new career high of number 144. There's a reason he comes out of this week, does Max Cressy, who, by the way, still just 24 years old, new career high, number 143 for him. You look in terms of points accumulated on the season, he's number 141. He has been eliminated from the race of the year on finals, for those of you that are curious, but there's just, again, it's it's the outlier. He's put so much pressure on you, and it works best on fast surfaces, of course, but just... If he's making first serves, you're not going to have any rhythm. There's so much pressure for you in your service games just to keep pace. It's a really tricky out, and that's what makes Max Cressy so enjoyable to watch. It is just a different game style, one of the outliers on tour. But those are your Saturday results at the 2021 Indian Wells. Now, of course, ITA All-Americans officially concluded. I know who the champs are. You probably do as well. But rest assured, we're going to recap those two events separately on our Great Shot podcast feed. They're going to talk challenger results Monday, as they always do on the Great Shot podcast. Damian Kust and Jakob Babaro. Of course, we will continue to update all of you each and every day throughout the Indian Wells. Pick segments on our Great Shot podcast feed. Recaps here on the mini break feed. You can find all of that content on our website, crackrackets.com. Of course, like, rate, subscribe, review to this show, The Great Shot Podcast, Cracked Interviews Podcast, so you don't miss any of our content. Like, rate, subscribe, leave a review as well. It helps us with the machines. Of course, if you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, excuse me. We are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly? I am at Great Shot Pod. A shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Ligner and Daniel Westoff, for the f- of an editing job they do day in, day out. Shout out as well to our friends over at Tennis Point. Remember, it's tennis point.com. The promo code is CR15. With that said, for our super producers, Fligner and Westoff, our friends at Tennis Point, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break, and we will talk to you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. 